Hey guys, I'm Carla. And I'm Kristen. And we're the Busy, Busy Moms. Hey everybody. Hey, hey. We are here today with Claire Tinney Jones, and she is an attorney here in Athens, Alabama, where we record. Yeah. <laughs> welcome, Claire. Welcome. Hi. Thank you all for having me. You're very of welcome. course. Thanks for We're coming. so excited to kind of hear about what you do and how you got started. Sure. Um, because this is the Busy Moms podcast, we want to talk about life and momming and business. Okay. So um, first, if you just want to tell us a little bit about yourself, if you're from Athens, or how long you've lived here. Sure. So I have been an attorney. I actually had just hit the 25 year mark of when I graduated from law school um, in May. So I will have been practicing um, September of a 25 years that I've been practicing law. I started my legal career here in Athens. I'm not from here. I grew up in Roanoke, Alabama. But um, after I got to law school, my husband and I moved to this area for his work. And I got a job um, at Patton Lake and Lennon Colon, Athens, which... um, was my very first job where I, I learned about the law. I um, always knew I wanted to be a lawyer. My dad's okay. a lawyer. All right. um, I grew up in, in a law family, so my dad still practices um, in Roanoke. My brother, my younger brother, practices with him, him there as well. So we've got, we've got a lot of lawyers in our family. When I started, I um, worked at a firm, you know, just kind of did what they gave me, mm-hmm. you know, to do. Yeah. And so one of the clients that they had me start doing work for was the uh, Limestone County Department of Human Resources, which is, you know, ch- uh, state agency. They deal with um, child protective cases, adult protective cases, okay. child support, that type of stuff. Um, so I started doing work, their work and loved doing that, that side of the law, the juvenile law, um, child support side of law. So I, when I left that firm in about two, two and a half years later, um, I was able to to take some of their work with me and, and represent them um, and have done that throughout my entire career. Wow. So that's been um, my predominant focus of my practice. So before I left that firm, I had my first son, Grayson, um, and he's now 22. Um, but when I started... Um, you know, on my own, I worked from home because I really, you know, it was really important to me to be, to be able to be a mom and to have a law practice. Yeah. So I have always structured what I've done in my practice around my kids and my kids' schedule. So I worked from home predominantly um, and was able to represent DHR doing that. Nice. I did go um, rent some space for a while and um, worked in town and then, you know, then kids stuff started, um, ramping up again and so I um, then went back home for a little while as well so have been back um, doing different expanded parts of practice for about the past uh, oh four or five years um, have kind of shifted things up I failed to say that in addition to Grayson um, three years after (laughs) him I had twins um, which um, had boy and girl twins that were born um, 2004 so they're now 19 um and and um you know i really wanted um to not miss a beat so i was room mom all the time you know spent lots of days at the brook hill um, oh yeah you know uh and so that was just super important to me um they went to the kids all went to daycare at our house okay um daycare here and those teresa and the people at 
um, our house, Amy and Laura, just were like family to us because they did so much to help us. Yeah, I've heard they're fantastic. They are fantastic. Our um, our family's not, we're not from here. So mom, sweet mom came up all the time, but we still had to have a lot of help and had a lot of great babysitters and people through the years that mm -hmm. um, are real special to, to us all um, that helped us with the kids. Yeah. We know a lot about that, don't we? <laughs> yes, it's so important. Yeah, especially when you're not from here. Like, you have to have – we did a whole episode about a village and yes. having oh, your people. Well, the Jones Village is giant. We have had a lot of people as part of that, neighbors, friends, babysitters, you know, throughout the years, and um, people that have just become so important to our family. Yeah, and I think that's necessary. Sure. Especially when you have young kids. And yeah. Growing up even, like I've noticed as my kids get older, like I'm almost relying on people more now than I was when they were little. Oh yeah. When you start, when they start having to go to practicing, yes. go to the ball field and go to mm -hmm. dance class and, you know, do all those things. Um, you really have to have drivers. Right. Yeah. 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 All the carpool. <laughs> yeah. Like she was just telling me this morning, you know, she was trying to find somebody to take one of her littles to swim practice. Yeah. And I was like, oh no, like, you know, and then that's one of the things that we have to worry about. I'm sure you did sure. too. It's just like, who's going to help me? Who's going to help me? Yeah. Today? And who's it's like, you up? have options, right? But yeah. you don't want to overwhelm. And yeah. that's my biggest thing is like, I don't want to overwhelm everybody yeah. or anybody. Sure. You know? Well, that was the other piece of, you know, having my own practice and working for myself. It's, it was important for me to be able to run, you know, run Grayson here, or run Hendon there, or run Hogan there, and get them where they needed to go, um, so that they felt like, you know, I was engaged and yeah. plugged in. Um, my husband doesn't travel now, but he when he's does government contracting, you know, like okay. so many do right. around here. But um, he had to travel an awful lot, and in fact, he was in Afghanistan for fifteen months. So when oh they goodness. were in the twins were in elementary school and. Um, Grayson was uh, middle school, so we really had to yes. had to find dial back and and, right. find, and get lots of folks um, plugged in and you know helping us out during that time when he was gone and other periods where he's been gone for long periods of time. Yeah. Um, so now he doesn't travel, which is great because he's you know one of my assistants too. Uh, <laughs> while he works, his, while he works his day job. That's so Very funny. Cool. That's what my husband is for me. Right. <laughs> yes. But he well, still works. Well, mine does too. Mine has his day job and then, you know, whatever else I mean, you know, at the office, you know, fix it or yeah. bill person, whatever I mean. He he takes care of all that. He's a good one. Yeah, it's, that's it's the backbone that you need. Right, exactly. <laughs> you know, we exactly. all need that, right? Like, I'm not, I feel like I'm very organized, but then when it comes down to it, it's like I'm more of a doer. And yeah. Like, all of the behind the scenes stuff, I'm like, somebody help me. Right. <laughs> I like to think I'm organized. Like, I, I have, like, great intentions uh -huh. of being organized. Like, I probably buy, like, four planners a year because right. I'm like, I'm going to do better on this uh, one. I do the same. <laughs> Yeah, I'm the same way. But now I don't always use them. Yeah, right. that's exactly what happens to me. Uh -huh. Like I'll get it and then I'll be like, oh, this one isn't working out. Yeah, I don't for really me. like this brand. I need a different one. You know, I did find it's funny that you say that. This is kind of off topic, obviously. But um I found this planner at Hobby Lobby last year, and it was like a 22-23 planner. And it was on sale, like on clearance or something. And it is the best planner. I don't even know the brand of it. I should bring it. But it's the best planner I've had wow. ever. And 
I'm like online trying to find another one for like 23, 24, because I'm just like, yeah. oh my gosh, when this is over, what do I do? Because this is my favorite and it's so good. Like I'll, I will, I'll have to like post the link or something yeah. if I can find it because <laughs> I need another one and it is the best planner ever. Huh. Well, yeah, I try all different types of organization, and my staff has just learned that I'm organized in my own way. Yes, and so they that's have, me. They have, you know, are able to just kind of make things work the way I'm used to them being, and are just fantastic in that in that realm. Do you have a lot of people on staff that have worked for you for a long time? Or so um, I have, um, yeah. I, well, one has been with me since I started um, doing real estate. Okay. Um, her name is Tammy, and she's fantastic and then also I had Paige who worked for me for 15 years who left me this spring to, or right after I think it was early early earlier this year okay to go work at one of the schools and she had me for a long time and so it was hard to see her um, go but I've got a um, new person that's working with me Courtney who is fantastic too and has fit right in and picked up where Paige left off so oh, I've been very awesome. blessed in yeah. that realm with staff and um it takes us all. So, oh yeah, for sure. Yeah. Um, when I decided to get office space again, it's been I don't know five or six years because I rented with someone and um, for a while, and then um, about three years ago, decided I was going to expand. You know, once Hendon got her driver's license when she turned sixteen, my boys my boys went to boarding school for high school, so Hendon was the only one here in high school. So when okay. she turned sixteen. Um, it was like, okay, she doesn't need mom to run her and do all the things anymore. So I started um, looking to expand a bit and with my practice and added real estate, um, not as a real estate agent, but as a do, doing home closings, yeah. um, cash or loan home closings. Um, and I have really fallen in love with that. I love Good. that part of my practice. It's really a nice balance and it's, it's odd, you know, with the DHR work, but it's a nice balance for that, which is so, you know, heartbreaking a lot of times mm -hmm. um, and just emotionally taxing right to then have the real estate which is so exciting because somebody's buying a home or selling a home and just kind of see you know that process through their lives and um i've i've loved doing that and have really strived to to build a practice where people know they're going to get a lot of personal attention mm -hmm. a lot of communication with me when they come and then a lot of you know just things where when we get to the closing table it's an easy, smooth, fast process because I want that to be something memorable. Yeah. You know, for a family. That's awesome. Cool. Yeah. I love that balance. Like you said, like that's a really, that's a really neat to consider. Yeah. And I don't know a lot about like juvenile law or anything like that. Can you elaborate on that a little bit for sure. other listeners that might sure. not know? Yeah. You know, um, unfortunately there's lots of kids who have parents who can't do, or for whatever reason, you know, the substance abuse, you know, mental illness, various things of, you know, the, the cycle of how life can be, yeah. um, which could be any of us in any given uh, point, but they, um, their children have gotten into situations where they've been abused or neglected. And so the department has to intervene. Okay. And so when cases go to court, I file those on behalf of um, DHR. Okay. There's other attorneys involved. Parents have attorneys. The children um, have attorneys. And so we go through that process of trying to work to rehabilitate families. Okay. Um, through that, it doesn't always work, but that's the goal, um, is to try to rehabilitate families. And, um, through that work over the years, uh, there's lots of, of agencies in our community that support, um, the department. And I don't know that people are even super familiar with those, but, um, 
yeah. the Children's Advocacy Center, um, CASA, which is Court Appointed Special Advocates in North Alabama, mm -hmm. um, Family Resource Center. There's lots of different places that um, you know will serve as resources or supports for families and for people that the department's working with. Um, and a lot of those organizations have become very dear to me over over time. Yeah. How is um, how does that tie in? I'm sure you have a lot to do with foster care and like finding families. Sure. Yeah. The department um, has to have foster parents that are willing to take children. Um, they become licensed. They can become licensed through our local department or they can become licensed through other agencies. There are private fostering agencies, but there is a huge need for foster parents in our county and really statewide yeah. right now. Um, you know, the, it just feels like, it seems like situations and family situations have become harder, more difficult um, over the years. I think COVID had a bearing on that. Yeah. I think mental, our state's mental health system or like thereof has had a bearing on that, which is another topic for another day. <laughs> but um, yeah. but I, I do think that, um, you know, those types of things have really impacted families and situations. And so we have more of a need for foster parents. We have more of a need with, for foster parents that have specific training to deal with, you know, children that have some significant, you know, emotional needs or, yeah. or mental health needs or physical needs. And so um, certainly if anybody um, had a desire to do that, contact um, the Lumsden County Department of Human Resources and inquire about becoming a licensed foster parent. Okay. And then would they go through you to actually make the adoption process or the foster process um, happen or? No, they would go through the department okay. or another okay. agency. They have to have to become licensed. And so really, I don't, I'm not directly connected to where a child gets placed or how a child gets placed. I'm handling the court end of that when, when, a, when we're doing that process, but it'd be the local department that kind of works through. Um, placing children um, okay. in, in the appropriate home, given their ages, needs, that type of stuff. Okay. What age do you typically find is, you know, needed? Like what, are there like more of one age that? It's harder to place teenagers. Yeah. You know, it's, it's a lot harder to place teenagers because they have a lot more issues and a lot more needs and a lot, yeah. you know, yeah. Uh, sometimes they have educational deficits. Sometimes they have physical deficit deficits. And so um, it's harder you know, with the teenagers. So if you, if there are people that had a special place for teens in their heart and they're willing to look at, at them, that is certainly a need. There, there's a need for all ages. Sure. Right. There's also a need for family groups, keeping family groups together, sibling groups together. Mm -hmm. um, because there's times you have to split up a family of five kids in you know, two or three different homes. Yeah. So, um, you know, that's also um, a need. So, um. That's, I didn't realize, you know, there was such a need for that until talking to you. So how would, you know, with, if they hadn't have just been listening to this podcast, mm -hmm. how else would they have known? You know, I, I, there's, I mean, the, the department does a lot of advertising. They put things out. Our state has months where they recognize um, April's Child Abuse Prevention Month. They have other months where they recognize foster parents. And so I think there's some, the media out there on it. But I don't know that everybody is always looking, you know, for it. I think um, there is some some press out there about it. But, you know, just seeing things that come up, um, you know, in different outlets, yeah. um, you know, would be ways to find out. Are there, like, events that happen? Um, there are events for um, – there are some statewide events. There are recruiting events. I've gone and, you know, spoken to different groups and tried to recruit foster parents. We yeah. have our local foster parent organization – 
does a really good job of trying to recruit as well. They they do a lot. That our our local um, foster parent association does a lot to support each other. They have Christmas party, annual Christmas parties. They have annual, you know, fundraisers. They have different things they do to try to you know boost their organization. So they do a lot internally, you know, amongst the foster parent fostering community. Right. Um, so they all they also also you know welcome um, any kind of resources, donations, things that people want to do. Yeah. As well. Okay. Very cool. So another um, organization, you know, <clears throat> we have a, a Limestone County Children's Advocacy Center here as well that try to serve service children. Um, they do forensic interviewing of children who have been abused um, and then also can provide some counseling services. So that's also another 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 organization that is uh, out there that people can donate to or volunteer with. Um, also CASA. They're... Um, CASA, we have been only been using in Limestone County for a few years, but it has become a, such a, a vital part of our court system and in, in helping these families. And what, and they're just just individuals. They don't require any special training. Well, they go through training, but they don't require any specific, you know, educational degree or background or anything. Um, and they're individuals that are assigned to a case and just sort of serve as a support. Okay. Um, for the case, they um, they meet with the family. They meet with the parent. The the foster family, the parents, the children, the attorneys that are involved, the service providers, and just are sort of another um, outside party that is providing supports. Okay. They've been huge help, and um, they're always looking for volunteers as well um, to serve as a CASA. Um, they have um, information out there on the internet, I know, um, to have Facebook pages and such, but it's, it's a court-appointed special advocate of North Alabama. Okay. So they're another great resource and a very needed um, resource in our um, community to support um, the work with juveniles. Yeah. I like that. That's really cool. Like you just, I just didn't know how you would ever know. You know? Yeah. I mean, yeah. you know, it's a whole side of, um, you know, I would have never in a million years thought that this is what I would do with yeah. my career. Um, because, you know, like I said, I grew up in a, in a lawyer family and I thought I would just do the basic general law things because that's what my dad did. Mm -hmm. um, but, I, you know, once I started doing it, I kind of knew that it was, it was special. And I mean, it's really calling. I mean, it's, it's not, it's not easy work. Right. Um, so, yeah, but it's just something that I'm real passionate about and, and have pretty much devoted my career, you know, to serving children and families in Lumpson County. Yeah. I love that. So. Me too. Need a lot of people like that. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think there's. Well, there are a lot in our, in our community. That's good. Though, yeah. Um, we are fortunate to have a lot of attorneys, a lot of individuals that are social workers and that work at these various organizations that are committed. Um, you know, we have partnerships with law enforcement and, um, you know, different different organizations, schools, people that have to work with children. And so all these agencies work together as a team to kind of support children and families in our county. Very cool. Your local trusted attorney, Claire Tinney-Jones, has been serving Limestone County for over 20 years. Claire and her team bring honesty, focus, hard work, and understanding of each person and each case they take. You can contact Claire by stopping by her office located at 108A North Jefferson Street, Athens, Alabama 35611, or give them a call at 256 444 5971. Okay, so what other type of law do you practice? So I think I did mention um, 
even though I've, fo I've always focused on the um, DHR work, I, in the past four to five years, I've expanded as the kids have gotten older. And so in addition to the real estate, uh, which I've talked about a little bit, I also do some just, you know, miscellaneous civil work. Um, also, estate administration, if somebody passes away, you know, administering their will or trying to help them figure that process out. And then also wills. I'll write wills um, for people, which, um, you know, wills are real important. And I don't know that people really realize the importance. Most people think, oh, I don't need one of those until I'm 60 year, you know, which I don't think you jump anymore. 60 or you yeah. know, 65. And, but the reality is you really need a will any age you are. And to me, it's probably more important to have one when your children are small. Mm -hmm. You know, it just is yeah. as to when, you know, you're older and, you know, you know, you know, death is more imminent. But um, a will with a will, when you pass away, if you have a will, then that kind of guides how your estate is administered. But um, if you die without a will, there's a whole lot of extra steps that your heirs will have to take mm -hmm. in getting your estate administered and your property devised and, and all it'll be more expensive. It's a longer process. Mm -hmm. And so it just saves so much, so much for your family that's already having to deal with, with your loss. Right. But then, you know, having to also deal with all the things that go along with that. If you have a will in place, it's a whole lot simpler of a process for the ones that are left having to, to deal with it all. Um, also, if you have small children, you know, well, and have a will, you can designate who would be the guardians of your children. Right. Or you can set up a trust your assets to go into for children so someone's not left hanging you know yeah. it may be that you know you you, you may have you know two great sets of grandparents but you've never really thought okay what is more practical does mm -hmm. somebody live here is somebody closer by is somebody in a position where they can relocate here if i didn't want to move my children so yeah. i mean you have to think through all those things and that's something that you and your spouse can address you know before so that so that Again, you're, the people that are left do not have to yeah. wonder or, or have to deal with that. So mm -hmm. I recommend that everyone get a will. Um, I do wills. Y'all call me. Yeah. Uh, I'd be glad to help um, to help people, you know, with that process so that, um, you know, things are just in order. I mean, yeah, it's just, it's and there just is a, really a lot important. to think about. Like we it did is. one a couple years ago. Um, the girls were pretty young, but we were going to Hawaii and – I was like, we're flying over the mm -hmm. ocean. Like we should have a will right. just in case our plane goes down. Right. I mean, you right. don't have to fly over the ocean to die in a plane. But anyway, that's morbid. <laughs> sure. um, so anyway, yeah. but I mean, that was where my head was. I was like, yeah. oh my gosh, what if something happens? And, yeah. um, so we did do one, but there's it, it is a process and there are so many things that you mm -hmm. don't realize Right. you have to think about and we were like uh i don't know and yeah. so we did have to sit down and have that conversation and i remember when i was a kid my parents used to be like oh well if we die so and so is going to take care of you and yeah. it's like mm -hmm. we just kind of already knew like right. oh, that's where we're going if something happens right. to mom and sure. dad but if it wasn't um, written down in a document then there exactly. wasn't nothing, nothing yes and so i mean they had a will too at a very young age so i think like just them talking about that um, you know, just when we had young kids, I was like, okay, well, my parents had one when we were super little. So I think that's probably what we need to do. You know, right. so. Well, yeah. And so that's, that's another, you know, dynamic in my practice is the wheels. And then, you know, the real estate that we talked about, um, and just making those loan closings or, or home closings personal for mm -hmm. people, um, buyers have the right to choose who they use for a closing. And, um, 
I feel like it's important for people to really feel like they're having a, um, an easy process, a smooth process, you know, one where they're having personal interaction and lots of communication, you know, with the people through the process. Yeah, definitely. That makes everything so much easier. Sure. Yeah. There's a, I think, I think communication is sort of a, in, in talking, sort of become a lost art. We're so used to texting, which I'm just, you know, doing as, yeah. as much, but there's a lot of value in sitting at the table with someone and having a conversation with someone that's different from, you know, the electronic communications that we're so geared towards now. Mm -hmm. Even like I have a doctor's appointment this afternoon and even just thinking about all the things, how they've communicated with me. Right. Like I've, I called them twice before they called me back, but they had texted me already, you know, but right. I'm like, can we just like get on the phone right. and just have an actual conversation or I can come up there. Right. <laughs> well, right. I'm, I, you know, I'm the age of old school. And so I, I like, I like talking. Yeah. yeah. I just like the, I like the face-to-face -face communication a lot. Sure. And phone is, phone is good. I mean, that's how, you know, we grew up, but like sometimes texting, I'm a horrible texter. And I feel like the way that I come across through texting is not how I come across in person. Sure. You know what I mean? Yeah. Not even. The yeah. And that's very true. Like a lot of things can be left um, to interpretation. I think maybe yeah. through a text, like, if I use periods when I'm texting my husband, he's like, what's wrong with okay. right. <laughs> Because I always use exclamation points. And yeah, it's like, right. he knows, like, oh, Carla's in a bad mood. She's using <laughs> periods. Like, I made her mad. What happened? Um, but I do think that's true. And same with email. You yeah. know, like when someone emails you, it can you can take things a different way than they're intended sure. through the text and email. But and most of the time in my case, it's just the way that I text you back or like email you back is just depends on what I'm doing right. at the moment. So Speed. I mean, yeah, yeah. It's like, okay, I'm like also folding laundry and making dinner and mm -hmm. you know, blah, 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 you know? Yeah. <laughs> I think for me, like I prefer texting or phone if or email if I have time because I tend to like I write better than I speak mm -hmm. um so I can write things down reread them edit them have them make sense the way that I want to come across yeah versus like sometimes when I'm having a conversation the things that I say like don't make sense you know what I mean yeah. like they don't come across the way that I intended <laughs> and so it's kind of opposite for me like <laughs> I'm much better at like putting things down and then like rereading and saying okay let me rephrase that <laughs> so, I don't know kind of random sure but uh okay so I do have a question for you though sure. earlier in our conversation you mentioned that your boys went to boarding school for high school right. and that is very interesting to me like Kristen and I have talked to a lot of people that have home schooled um a lot of other people have gone to public school i want to know about boarding school like i don't know anything about it really but i always threaten <laughs> <laughs> that i'm gonna send my kids there um just because they're like being brats but and i know that's not why people, i know that's not why people send their kids right. to boarding school but um i just want to know about it because that's very sure. interesting to me that you guys made that decision we did so um my oldest grayson is 22 now and i'm um, he, when he was in the, well, let me back up. I, our, we had our neighbors, um, the Jacksons, who were part of our village and still are very dear to our family. They, their son went to the Macaulay School in Chattanooga, the so okay. boys boarding school. And so we knew that, we'd seen that. Um, their son Boyd is 10 years older than Grayson. And so he had watched that process. And so when he was in the, 
I think he was in the seventh grade. He said, hey, we need to start talking about me going to McCauley. I said, "Okay, hey, you're crazy. No, you're not. (laughs) And so anyway, he was just determined that he wanted that experience. And so he did a lot of the legwork. I mean, obviously there were things we had to do, but in the eighth grade, went through the process of applying and, you know, interviewing and and doing all the things um, to get to that point. And um, it was a hard decision, you know, for us and him, um, but he was just said, I want a different experience. We love Athens and I and love everything about Athens and never imagined in a million years that that would be something that we would do, but he just really wanted to try it and do it. And so we figured it out and um, figured out how to make it work. Um, And of course, you know, when it came down to it, it it's a real tough decision because he had so many dear friends and and people here. Yeah. Um, But he, so when he started his uh, freshman year, he moved to Chattanooga and lived in a dorm for four years. Wow. Um, And um, it was, you know, the greatest decision that, that, we've made, you know, for him, it, it was just an amazing experience. You live in that community. You, um, you know, you live in a dorm, you get mm-hmm. to know these people. I mean, we went to a wedding last weekend. His first, first high school friend got married, oh, went cool. to that wedding and got to see people that just, oh. you just get to so close to these folks um, yeah. because y'all are all in that experience together. And so, um, you know, they would have family weekends and parents weekends and my boys played baseball, so we okay. got to know even a lot of the day families. So Macaulay's a, a boarding and day, all boys school. Okay. Um, and so we got to know a lot of the day families as well, just because they would be friends with them. And then... What does day mean? Li- they they live, live there, there and, just, and go. just go. Okay. Yeah, just like That's our kids. That's what I thought, but... Yeah, just, just like our kids. Okay, go. yeah. Um, so then when Hogan... So my twins, Hogan and Hendon, are three years younger than Crescent, so... Hogan, I did not know if he, you know, if he would have any interest or not, because one, he has a twin sister, and then, um, you know, just because they're different boys. Yeah, but he, yeah. He, he, he was a harder decision for him um, than it was for Grayson, I think. Um, but he decided to go and, you know, has a, didn't ever look back either. Made some great friends. He seemed to have more friends in the day world than Grayson did. And I think a lot of that's probably just from our experience with Grayson. We kind of learned, you know, different things. Mm -hmm. There's a sister school in Chattanooga, um, girls preparatory school, which is not a boarding school. It's a day school, but it's there. That's who they do all their things with. So both boys and Hogan, especially developed lots of friendships with um, some of the girls that went to GPS. And um, so we just got to know a lot of those families as well, but it just really kind of gave them a different experience and, um, you know, a really great high school preparedness for college. And then Tendon was here, my daughter, Mm -hmm. and, you know, had equally as great of experience in Athens and, um, you know, it it was, you know, all my kids would have been fine wherever they were, but they, um, you know, she had a great experience here as well and kind of found some independence. You know, they both had to find their independence because it had always been the two of them together. So it kind of gave them sense of that earlier. And then they all go to separate colleges as well. But they see each other, you know, communicate all the time. In fact, they're in, they're together this summer working in a summer camp in Texas. Oh, Oh, that's fine. Yeah. So yeah, it's a, it's, um, uh, well, I guess probably the longest period of time they've been in the same place like that. Yeah. Um, for a while because they tend to scatter and do different things, you know, in the summer times. But that's neat though. So where do where do Hendon and Hogan, Hogan go to college? So Hogan is at Auburn. Okay. And Hendon is at Sanford. Okay. 
Okay. And so Grace and my oldest went to Sanford as well. Okay. And then what does Grayson do now? So he graduated from Sanford in the spring and he started last week his first real job and he is working for the Nashville Predators in Nashville. Ooh, we working. love Nashville. <laughs> he's, um, he's in a um, sales program, which is where they, you start out in this program straight out of college. And then from there, they'll decide where he's best fit, you know, in a few months. And so I'll cool. be doing a lot of sales. So if anybody needs group tickets or um, want to take a trip to Nashville, he can sell anything at the Bridgestone, not just hockey, but he can do group packages for hockey and he can sell any concerts or anything like that. Very so, cool. I love uh, that. We have like the, so they have different passes, you know, different right? season passes that you that. can get. And we, we are not able to do the one that's like, all year long every day because they have a game almost every right. other day some back-to-back -back. so we do like the 12 game uh -huh. pass which ends up usually being like 13 games just sure. by the end of it and it is the funnest thing ever like we love it like go preds well, <laughs> we have heard that we have not been but we're excited about going this fall yes um, so um now that we're empty nesters we yeah we go we um we've kind of gotten and i guess well he didn't come last year but uh, or with that her last year of school and whether she was at Athens and then we kind of she was so busy with dance and different things that we kind of got a taste of what it was going to be mm -hmm. like and so we tend to go a good bit we um we laugh and the kids laugh at us because whenever we go to sit visit them whether that was in Chattanooga or Birmingham or now it's going to be Nashville Daryl always drives and I always have my computer and I work the whole time and yeah. work the whole way back and that's just kind of our thing yeah. and the kids are like oh mom so how many how much work do you do I'm like, trip today so you know, that's kind of our <laughs> kind of our pattern but it works yeah, i love that we do that we tend to do that too like i find myself working on the way to nashville quite a bit because we make that trip back and forth sure. a lot and then i just still go for everything i mean my dentist is there my hair person is there you know uh -huh. i mean we're just there enough to where i keep it we we still go to church there sometimes we go here too but uh -huh. like you know when we're there we have our church and right you know that's you, awesome. just, you just have your friends that you've been able to, it's not far so we're still able to like keep those relationships that we developed and especially those Preds games. Well, we, um, we have enjoyed, <laughs> you know, in all the different places the kids have been with schools, you know, making friends there and maintaining those connections. Yeah. There. And, um, it's just a nice way to kind of have an expanded friend group. And, um, we have wonderful friends here. Um, but we have friends all over the, all over multiple states now. But, so it's pretty cool. I love that. And did your children play sports? Oh, yes. Yeah. The boys played baseball. In fact, this is the first spring. And I think we had figured um, 15 years, 16 years that we have not, or longer than that, actually, that we have not been having a child play in the spring. Wow. So it, was, it was hard. It was really hard. I didn't what like did it. Do? I didn't like it at all. We just worked. Yeah. But um, it was, yeah, it, it it was tough. That last Hogan's um, team actually won the their division Tennessee state championship last spring, and so that was a great way to go out and end our children's baseball careers. That is so cool. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's been tough not having not having baseball in our lives. But um, and my daughter danced from age three on up and was took dance at Kelly's and was on um, on the high school dance team. So that's what she did all through. That's really cool. That's so, fun. so was it this past spring that he graduated from? They, gra they graduated in 22. So they, 22. Okay. they just finished their freshman year of college. Okay. Very cool. Yeah. yeah. I just did a pop-up shop in Chattanooga oh, cool. on the Walnut Street yes. bridge. Yes. Yep. Yes. 
probably the worst weekend ever to go because it ended up this huge like windstorm oh, trying wow. to blow us all away. Uh -huh. But um, it was awesome. Like the city itself was it's amazing. It's a really big place yeah. and we really enjoyed it. And, and the thing about it, when we would go visit the boys, we didn't, it's not like we were at home. So we did not yeah. feel like we had to go here or go there. So we really got to, got to learn the city and got to, you know, enjoy our friends that, and parents of other kids that were there the same weekends we were. I love that. And Chattanooga is like so much like Nashville used to be, mm -hmm. you know, um, like it started out that way and now Nashville's just like grown, you know, right. we're looking forward to getting to know Nashville now that Grayson's up there and kind of learning about it as well. Yeah. He's, well, he's in, we were talking before you, um, before we started recording, but he's in a great area. Right. Like, so he'll be fine where he is. And there's it's lots exciting. of fun things. He'll take go to the funky griddle. It's over there. In okay. That area. I'll tell him. You can make your own, you make your own pancakes. They have like a griddle in front of you and you can bring, you know, friends and like sit, you sit around the griddle and they bring all the stuff out to make your Stop. pancakes. That's so wow. And like fun. kids can do it too. It's a lot of fun. Oh, wow. Yeah. yeah I will the have kids to tell him that. Would love that. It's a lot of fun. It's well, like because I griddle. like to make like characters yeah my pancakes yeah like when the kids want pancakes i'm like what do you want today and i'm like drawing out these people well see um, you can go to a predator's game and then go have your pancake make your pancakes yeah, yeah. i like it it's great so you can draw a pred right <laughs> i don't know if i could do that but i would try <laughs> okay so how was that i'm gonna go back to um like building your business when uh -huh. your kids were young sure. um because you said you worked from home and everything kind of revolved around your kids right um when you were you were working for someone else first sure. like did you decide hey i want to be on my own because you had kids or it was just like the direction you always wanted to go no i really didn't have any any kind of set expectation because you know i had i was used to, my dad i was in private practice mm -hmm. my whole life so i knew private practice would be something that i could do i knew how that worked and the reason I, you know, I love the firm where I practiced um, when I started out and the, the, the guys there taught me so much and I learned so much from them about, about that particular area of the law, the juvenile area of the law. Yeah. And so um, I decided to go out and start my own practice because I had a, a baby. Okay. I mean, he was, um, he was over a year old when I left, but I just knew, I mean, I just knew it was time yeah. to do something different. I wanted to be able to focus. And so at that point I really focused on DHR. They were my only client for a lot of years. Um, and so I was able to represent them and I would go to them for meetings and go to court and kind of did all the paperwork and things out of my house. And so the kids still went to daycare, you know, and all that, mm -hmm. but um, I just knew that that was kind of the direction um, once I had children yeah, so that I could keep things, focused you know I wanted to be a career person and I wanted to be a really involved mother yeah and so I just had to find the balance that worked over the years and I've literally made decisions and choices in my practice based around being a mom I right. mean that was kind of what was the most important to me and then also being able to you know practice law because I love to practice law yeah I think I'll practice law forever um, but I wanted to um, you know be a mom that was the most important to me. So the, that's where my struggle is because like, I love to work. Mm -hmm. um, I want to be an involved mother, but I, I've had a really hard time figuring out like the balance of when do I work? 
when do I play with my kids? But then when do I do all the stuff around the house? So like working from home, right. um, maybe you can give some advice to like this younger generation of <laughs> us sure. that are still have small, small kids. Um, because working from home is hard for me because I'm like, oh gosh, I got to do the dishes. I got to clean the floor. I got to do this. Got to do that. Like, I mean, every time I come over here, I'm like, I'm like, we should podcast at your house. Cause nobody wants to see mine. Um, cause I'm like super OCD, but since I've had kids, I've had oh, to just kind of let that go. Um, but like, how did you prioritize all of that? Like you said, you wanted to be a mom first career second, but it's like, when did you do the other stuff because sure. I mean clearly law is like very important I'm sure it wasn't like a one hour a day oh thing. no I mean I, I work I work all the time I mean I work and did back then I mean when I wasn't with kids or doing something else I was working so when they were little you know they went to daycare mm -hmm. and so I was able to actually do some of the house stuff while I worked because the kids weren't home yeah you know I could put in a low laundry or I could yeah sit down and pay these bills or do that type of stuff as well and then I had great babysitters who would pick them up. Um, now, when they were in daycare, I would get them. But once they yeah. started school, I would have babysitters that picked them up, brought them home, did their things. Um, you know, because I would be getting them out at meetings, court, yeah. or whatever the case may be. Sometimes I would be there, and the babysitter would be there, and we would all be, you know, working. But I I had support, you know, from, from you know, the people that would come in and help take care of the yeah. children. So that is a lot of how I was able to do it. And then... I would work um, usually in the mornings. I was I was all kids. Now, if I had a deadline or something to do or had a trial, I might get up real early and prepare for that yeah. before the kids got up. But typically, I would do kid stuff in the morning, get everybody off, and then do my work. And then in the evenings, once I got to a good stopping point, then um, and would kind of line up with you know dinner and things like that. I would yeah. do all kids until they went to bed. And a lot of nights, I would be up for two or three hours after they get to bed and work. Yeah. yeah. So we just um, learned how to how to go 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 for a lot of yeah. hours. Yeah, and day. I feel like there's just like there's a lot of pressure in owning your own business, sure. and like you know you have to work for it to grow. Um, and that's just like I was just curious because it's like being able to just solely focus on the kids is hard for me because I've all I'm right. always in my brain like oh I need to do this oh I need to touch this oh I need, you yeah know what I mean? well I so. had to train myself I mean I had to kind of teach myself how to compartmentalize the different things and and right. it didn't always work I mean there mm -hmm. were plenty of days that I would be ragged just okay I cannot do this I've got to you know focus on this work so but I mean my husband was fantastic and. and was very hands-on and um, still is very yeah. hands-on. And so he could handle all that, that piece of it, you know, as well. You know, and my kids got used to, you know, we may not have a home-cooked meal every night. We may be grilling a hot dog yeah. or, yeah. you know, eating some cereal or, you know, running to Burrito Express or, you know, right. whatever. whatever. Um, but that's just kind of how our family worked. Right, know? and that's just so, like a stage of life that yeah. I think we have to get used to, but we also are like... It's just hard. Well, you just have to make it what's it, what is what is good for your family. So, like even today, when all the kids are home, the first thing that we do when they're all here, when we're having a meal, is we go to Burrito Express. Yeah, because that is our place. Yeah, and <laughs> it it's not you know we weren't like the traditional. Oh my goodness, I've got to you know we've got to sit around the yeah, table. We gotta yeah. have this time. We just made the time where we could and have learned to value that. And now we have things that are important to us or things that are important to do together, which I feel like is not any less or more than what I would have done if I was traditionally at home. Yeah, right. You just sure. have to find what works for your family and your children. 
and make that special and make that important and make it a priority. And if you can do that, I feel like that's going to put you, you know, where I think everybody's goal is to be as far yeah. as raising, you know, a happy, healthy family. Yeah. How do you find that? So, you know, it's hard enough to find the time to do all the things with the children and to do with the other things in the house. And then, like you said, I'm like you, after she goes to bed, which is sometimes really late, she doesn't really go. She's a, a late, um, what do you call it? She goes to bed late. She's just not, sure. like, she's a night, night owl. owl. Yeah. Yes. Thank you. Sorry. Um, you know, where do you also find that time to have the connection with your husband too? Right. So we would like a lot of times just pass in the wind. Yeah. But, uh, yeah. but you know, we would go to dinner, we would do, you know, different things. You know, I would have babysitters stay late, we would have to eat, or we would just um I don't know, talk on the phone during yeah. the day. I mean, you know, yeah. we just kinda of had to find yeah, find times and ways, um, you know, to stay connected. But it was super you know, child focused and super mm -hmm. just kind of going. We, yeah. we love, you know, we would sit to get, you know, well, when the boys were little, Daryl coached a lot um, of their ball when they were real small, but you know, we would be at ball games together or we would go to this right. together, you know, with the kids or, and you just kind of have to find time where you can. That's one thing that we have really loved going back to the Predators games. It gives us 13 date nights. Sure. That we have mm -hmm. because, you know, and it's weird to count them. But otherwise, I'm like, would we have done this? Like, sure. would, if we weren't forced to, like, find your mom or ask her, you know, or my mm -hmm. mom to see, you know, hey, can y'all keep Sloan? Would we have found somebody to do that otherwise? So now, you know, it's like we have at least 13 times where we get to go to dinner and go to a game. Well, we, um, we're Auburn people. And so we've always had Auburn season tickets. That's just sort of one of our things for our family. And so we have that as well. We have those games in the fall that, yeah. you know, it would be me. And we started that before we had kids. And so it would be us or it would be, um, you know, us and the kids. And so it's family time. And so that was something that we knew, even though you would be exhausted, <laughs> we'd get home on Sunday. It just was important to us to do that yeah. because it was time together. Yeah, I love that. I love, and, and it is true that you do just kind of have to figure it out, like okay. make it work, figure it out. And everybody's figuring it out is different. Like, yeah, is, for sure. Mine is different. And I always like to know because it's yeah. like some people really do, like they're very regimented and they have figured it out. And so I'm like, throw suggestions at me because it's just, it's different. I don't know. Well, it's, I think that because I'm, I'm, I grew up, my mom stayed at home. Mm -hmm. And so I, it was very traditional. Right. You know, we did sit around the table every night and have dinner and all those things. But I've learned over the years because you start out motherhood thinking, oh, okay, this is how it's going to be. Yes. But I have evolved over now my 22 years plus of motherhood. It doesn't have to be a certain way. It has to be what works for your family. Mm -hmm. Right. You know, in time is time, whether it is, you know, at a football game or around the kitchen table or, you know, at church on Sunday or, yeah. you know, visiting them at school. I mean, it's just, it's time with them. And however that looks, you make it work with what's right for your family. There's no right or wrong. And there, there, there shouldn't be any pressure to have it a certain way. Yeah. No, that's I true. Know. I love that. that. Personally, I put way too much pressure on myself, I think. If you like to shop for clothes, shop my boutique. If you like to shop for clothes, shop my boutique. I'll be at Revive Cafe all this Saturday from 9 to 2. If you like to shop for clothes, shop my boutique.
Catch me this Saturday, June the 24th at Revive Cafe from 9 to 2. Or find me online at www.radrags.com. That's R-A-D-R-A-G-S dot com. Okay. Um, I am going to ask another boarding school question because I'm just like, this is so interesting to me. But so when they move out, uh, I mean, they technically move out of your house, right? And they're like, what, 14, 14. or so? Okay. And they move into a dorm. So... How, how is that for you, number one, saying like audio, I mean, I know you're not saying audio, audio is forever, but you know, audio is for the time being. Um, you're technically on your own, but they have people there um, that kind of act as parents for you or how does sure. that work? So yes, that was super hard. One of the hardest things I, and one of the worst drives I've ever made twice was the very first time we took both boys and left them and had to come back, you know, home with that empty car, without all the stuff that they did. They live in a dorm. Um, They assigned them a roommate for their freshman year. There's a freshman dorm. There are four set families that live in the dorms. Okay. So they have a dorm head and then their families live there. And so they, you know, have people to take care of them. They all have advisors. So they have advisors to take care of them. And there's a lot of the faculty live on campus. So they got to know people and they had people they could call on and, you know, just family settings. They would do dinners for them. I mean, there was a cafeteria that they ate in and, yeah. and all, but they had families there that, that could kind of help really them neat. if they had a need, if they just needed to talk, if they needed to, to be taken somewhere. Yeah. You know, lots of my boys had friends who had to fly home for, um, you know, holidays and such. And so the, their, somebody in the dorm or their advisor would drive to the airport or so things cool. like that. That's but, cool that they kind of have like a pseudo family, you know yeah, what I yeah. mean? But also there's different types of guidance there, which I think is really neat. Right. Um, for them to grow too. Yes. Just different, you know, different experiences of people, um, different people kind of guiding them through some of those processes. And they had to learn together as boys. Yeah. You know, they were doing their own laundry and they were having to know where they were eating and they were having to make sure they had enough water bottles to take to baseball practice. Mm-hmm. And, you know, they had to, to keep up with all those things on their own. Yeah. And that stuff too. Do they teach that as well? Like, well, it or was, do they just kind of have to figure it out? Have to figure it out. Interesting. You know, okay. To figure it out. I mean, somebody will tell them that yeah. it's there if they, but you know, it's just basic living skills that they have yeah. to kind of learn yeah. um, on their own um, when they, when they go. Yeah. So is that so, the, oh, oh, no, go ahead. I was just going to say, is that like the whole idea of boarding school is to say like, Hey, this, uh, you know, you're on your own, you're going to, or not on your own, but you know, like you're going to have to grow up a little bit faster maybe than normal or I, I don't know, like the, well, the curriculum, is it different? Like, do they teach different things in school? Well, no, I mean, they, they took, you know, the basic classes that you have everywhere else. I mean, I, it was private, so mm-hmm. there were some classes that they had that were different. They had some religion classes, um, yeah, okay. you know, biblical ethics. Yeah. Um, lots of elective things that they would have to do. They had um, activities, they had afternoon activities they had to participate in so many um, every semester. So there were different things like that, just so yeah. that they're not idle. So they had right. to, you know, they would finish their classwork and they would have their afternoon activities and then they would have dinner. And, and um, they had a mandatory two-hour study hall every night. Yeah. Um, so when they got to college, they were used to studying those mandatory two hours, you know, every night for that. But, um, you know, it, it just, it's not, it's just a different experience. Yeah, I don't really I, know how I else really to describe it. It's just yeah. different. Um, 
you know, both my boys were resident advisors, so their senior years, they were okay. kind of overseeing other kids in the dorm and, and doing things. So they just kind of have to learn how to live and that, live that dorm life yeah. and learn how to use their time wisely. I mean, I guess that's really probably the biggest difference is the schoolwork was schoolwork. Right. You know, um, but it had to be done. So the other, you know, is where I guess the difference comes in. Right. The living piece of it. I think that's neat, though, because it does kind of prep you for, like, life after life. school. I go back to sometimes I'm like, gosh, you know, kids don't know how to balance a checkbook or do any of that yeah. type of stuff. And it's like, I wish they would teach those things like they did. Because yeah. we had to learn that. Sure. Yeah. The basics. I guess you don't skills. have to, like, actually write down stuff in about in a register anymore. But, yeah, you know, like a check register. But Oh, yeah. I say all the time that I wish they would bring home ec back to – to high school, the kids could learn, you know, how to sew on a button. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that going back to wills, you know, I think that would be an important thing to learn. You know, I think just knowing the basics of real estate law in general, because everybody needs to know that you need a deed, how to read it, you know, um, also a mortgage, how to read that. You know, I worked with my mom. She worked in the deed room in the courthouse for many years before becoming the, um, County clerk, and I got to learn all these things. Oh you know? yeah, yeah. And I saw a lot, and but I was like, you know, I wouldn't have known this otherwise. Correct. You yeah, know? and you don't know. You, you know don't what know. I mean? Like unless you're in it, mm-hmm. and it is public record. Like it you is. could go mm-hmm. and like teach yourself these right. things if you had the time right. and the skill and the will to do it. But I feel like it needs to be taught. Sure. You know. Sure. The law, the law firm that I worked for when I was in law school in Tuscaloosa. Um, that's one of the things I did is they taught me how to how to search title and yeah. how to go go pull out the books and look back and so I learned that in law school. Well, if people wanted to use your services, um, how do they find you? So I am um, in downtown Athens. I actually, it's almost right out a year ago that I moved into my own space. Um, it is. 108A North Jefferson. It is right behind Village Pizza. Across the, from, it's directly across from the alley, which I always say, I wish my office went towards the back of the building. I could open up the doors on a Friday oh, afternoon and hear the music playing in the alley oh, across yeah. the street. But um, it's a great location. Um, I, I'm there. It's just me there. Um, you can call my, um, I have a website. I'm on social media, okay. on Facebook and Instagram. And then, um, What's my, your website? Oh, gosh. Don't ask me that. <laughs> okay. I can look it up. You'll no, have to fine. link it. I don't know my website. Okay. Um, it's claretinneyjones.com. Oh, thanks. <laughs> yeah, same. Yeah. Very simple. Yeah. Um, and I only know that because I was doing research. Uh, yes. Okay. So claretinneyjones.com. Right. And then on Facebook, is it just Claire It's just claretinneyjones. Okay. Um, and then on Instagram, I think it's the same too. It's just okay. claretinneyjones. Um, Very cool there as well my and then my office phone number is 256-444-5971 all right well we appreciate you coming today thank you so much nice to talk to you and learn some things that i didn't know well i appreciate y'all having me um of course you you don't until you're actually talking about all the things you know kind of reflect on all the things you've done through through um your life and your career and it's hard for me to believe that's 25 years that i've been practicing law um almost now and um just the kind of path that that's taken over time and how mm-hmm. things have worked out and how things haven't worked out and kind of all know that it's part of a bigger plan. And that's what I'm, um, you know, that's that I'm where I'm supposed to be. Yeah. I love that. Me too.
Well, thank you so much. We really appreciate your time that well, you've taken to be here. Of course. Yes. Yes. Come back anytime. All right, guys. We'll talk to you soon. All Have right, a great bye. day. Bye. Have a great week. Busy Moms out. The Busy Moms podcast is brought to you each week by Carla Taggart and Kristen Pippen. If you'd like to connect with us, please email busymomspodcast at gmail.com.